Welcome to Godsplaining, contemplative preachers, contemporary age. Each week, join the Dominican friars as they consider all things Catholic. Welcome to Godsplaining. Uh, it's great to have you with us the, uh, today. I'm Father Joseph Anthony Cress, and on this episode of Guestplaining, I'm joined by Father Bonaventure Chapman. Father Bonaventure, how are we doing today? You're le- helping us being a co-host. Doing great. We've been doing Father Joseph Anthony. I've been doing stuff. We're always we're the backbenchers, as we say. Um, so the for the big guns and out, but we've been doing things. But we've balanced. It's like a seesaw. So yeah. like even though we're lower class, God's pointing to making friars, we have ramped up with our high quality Emmy winning guest that's coming on. So I'm just gonna sh- shoot right over to you there because you see in the background, uh, listeners. Well, actually, if you're listening, you don't see, but you could imagine what an Emmy looks like. It's mm. like an Oscar except with wings. And uh, that's what's showing. So flip over to YouTube if you get a chance to see them. Yeah. We have Rob Kazmark uh, from Spirit Juice Studios with us today. Um, We're so excited to have Rob with us. So Rob, how are you doing? Um, Yeah, give us a quick little intro on you and the work that you do with Spirit Juice. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to to be on the show. I've, I've watched you guys a lot on YouTube. So being on it is like very meta. I actually don't even know what meta means, but I feel like that's what it is. Um, so we'll go with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like um, looking at it. It's like, one of those, it's like a, a mirror with a mirror behind it where you just keep looking. You think, is this go on infinite loop or something? Yeah. So just when you're looking at yourself doing something, watching yourself again, then yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's actually the best explanation I've heard of it. That's I, yeah, I feel like that puts, puts me down it. So yeah, well, my name is Rob Kazmark. I uh, am the owner of Spiritu Studios. I've been running it for, uh, it's going on 15 years. It'll be 15 years oh in August. Uh, 15 so, years. That's awesome. Congrats. Yeah. It, it, thank you very much. It's been, um, it's crazy to think that it's been that long. And even it actually existed before that too, as a, a radio show for a few years prior. But um, essentially we do Catholic videos. So people hire us to make videos and we try to do our best <laughs> with that. And we you know, just have the opportunity to work with a lot of uh, awesome clients. Uh, the Dominicans is one. Um, we've got the chance to work with you guys several times, which has been fantastic. Um, Probably most famously, people have maybe seen some of the work we've done for Bishop Barron with Word on Fire. Uh, a few years ago, we did the Valerie Move, which is that uh, short film on on the Mass uh, and kind of like revealing the, you know the the angels and saints and, and uh, or, or you know uh, heaven touches earth uh, during the Mass. Um, Knights of Columbus, whole bunch of different stuff, and then throughout that we create some of our own original content, so Catholic content that we feel like no one else is making, and we feel like you know needs to be out there too. So, no, that's awesome. I've I've been such a big fan of your work and um you know it was it was a joy to kind of start working with you and the entire studio and um all, all the different uh videographers and and photographers and everything i think it goes back i started uh working with y'all uh with world youth day in krakow and mm-hmm. then as the catholic world is we just cross paths again and again and again so it's it's such a joy to see the kind of spirit juice like you know bright green logos uh showing up all over the place you know it's a legit catholic event <laughs> when spirit juice shows up so that makes us i think a le- legit catholic podcast now because spirit juice is with us now which is great yeah that's we'll, we'll take kind, it man. now rob question um because i didn't look at this or find this um because I, I I was gonna Google. You can Google every anything you want to know. You can Google it. And I was gonna Google um, why the name Spirit Juice. But I thought, why would I ask a computer 
when I could get past a human a human face. Um, so because spirit juice initially, you, you know, you might think, oh, this must have smoothies or something. Um, but tell me, what's the who? Where the name come from? So, like any good Catholic, when you try and think of a name, you initially go to well, some, let's go to Latin, right? Because I feel like that's right. Every <laughs> got to. Like, yeah. You know, you have to, I feel like you got to check that box, even if you don't actually do that. So that's where we went and like, oh, holy, you know, Holy Spirit kind of um, in my own life has been really the motivation to, to do so much of my stuff as, you know, the Holy Spirit's moved. So anyways, we went to the to Latin and the Latin for Holy Spirit is Spiritus Sante. So someone said, what about Spiritus? And a person said, yes, yeah, Spiritus, that's pretty good. And they're like, no, no, I said Spirit, Spiritus, not Spiritus. And then it was like, Let's just do spirit or, juice. Wow. <laughs> spirit See, that's juice. the that's the coolest part is this is why this is why you're you've been on for fifteen years, I suspect, because most most people think businesses like carry on forever. You start a business and just carry no, no. It's like religious orders. Majority of religious orders fail. Majority of businesses fail, even more than religious orders sometimes. Um but like you have you came to the, the mark where someone said, Oh, you mean the spirit juice and one way you would go is say, uh spiritus, let's stick to the Latin. But you guys went the other track and said, no, spirit juice, that's great. And that's, I love that. That's why you're here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it was, it was uh, yeah, I feel like it's, it's what God wanted. It's, you know, God speaks to us and, you know, sometimes we listen and sometimes we don't. And if we don't, you know, it's not like the world's going to end. But if we, if we could hear his voice and, and kind of go to that, I feel like, you know, the path's going to be a little bit easier, a little bit better and, you know, more peace. Yeah, It's going yeah, with the grain. Sure. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I want to talk about in this episode today, uh, one of our guest explaining episodes. So Rob, I want you to guest explain for us, but uh, the kind of art of storytelling. And the reason that this has been part of our discussion and, and what we want to discuss in this episode is so much of evangelization and really the entirety of sacred scripture is telling a story. It's telling the story of salvation history, telling the, the love story of God and man, and how that kind of gets incorporated into our life as Catholics in this work of evangelization that we do. But in your work, you kind of have taken that on as this major kind of life's work is to tell stories well and how you engage in that. But like, so we're going to kind of break this down in, in multiple ways, but when you approach this, but like how important is storytelling, the art of storytelling for you uh, in the work that you do? I mean, you know, you ask any filmmaker and they're going to say story, story is king. And it's true. Like you have, if you, if you're trying to put a video together, it doesn't matter how, I mean, it just look at the box office. You look at films that have big budgets, but a bad story and the numbers help people like, you know, they'll, they'll it'll resonate with it. Um, filmmaking is, it, it's such a unique art form because it's, it, well, it's one of the most expensive art forms you can do. It just, it requires so much, right? So like you want to tell a good, write a good book, you have to be, just be good with your words and that's about it. You know, you have a pen or you have a laptop or whatever it is, but with film, there's so many just nuances and so many details that if you don't get everyone right, it's oftentimes hard to have it really connect with people and, and translate. And so, um, storytelling and also with filmmaking, storytelling is not just the story, but it's so many things that go in with that. The cinematography, what you're, what you're saying with that, the music, um, you know, just what you see visually on screen, how the, the, the production design, like storytelling, ask any filmmaker in their sort of whatever, whether they're a production designer, whether they're a cinematographer, 
whether they're an actor, like they're storytelling in each small nuance of it. And I think that's where, um, that's where the magic really happens when, you know, like, you know, it's Hollywood magic. It, it's those small things that come together to make something that mm. you, you can't put your finger and you don't know, like, when you think about it, you're like, how does, how does that all work? It's, it's a lot of small, really uh, fine details that, that make it work. Hmm. Yeah. I think it's interesting as you were explaining this, I was thinking about the multiple, the facets of it and the modalities involved and storytelling. It is storytelling, but it's almost world creating. Like your job is with this is is to create a virtual kind of world. And then we say virtual reality and such, but I mean, really, you've got to get all of the the senses in there, and you're trying to even the senses that you can't get through. Uh, you're trying to be able to carry on piggyback of things you can get through. So you want people to be able to smell or feel, even though they can only see or hear that kind of stuff. So you're the story, and in that sense, it's I mean. It's a creative aspect. I think that the, the storytelling, C.S. Lewis and J.R. Tolkien, for instance, when they talk about creation as being like a story being told or, or sung, you could say, um, is similar here. Like you are creating a world by telling a story through all these different dimensions. And it's almost harder than like if, if I'm telling a story at, a, at the refectory table or something. I'm just using my words and my, you know, my voice and the cadences. But you've got to get all that stuff. So you're really, it's, it's an act of creation or recreation in a sense as a story. That's, which is tough. I mean, the divine <laughs> can do it and we just, you got, and you work as best you can. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so true. And it's, and you also have to go with like people's perception, like of how they view the world and what type of world you are mm. creating. Is it the real world? Is it the, is it a fantasy world? Like, you know, you look at, um, let's take Marvel and DC, for example, or Marvel, <laughs> all the cities, um, uh, are real cities. You have New York, where mm -hmm. uh, in in uh, D.C. it's Metropolis or it's Gotham, yep. and so um, just with that, I pointed out specifically because as soon as you say it's New York, you, you think of everything that goes along with New York, and does it have mm -hmm. that? Does it have that bridge? Does it have the da da? But when you talk about a, a fake world, you still have the pre you know notion of like what a city should look like, but you don't. It's, you're not expecting certain things, and so no matter what world you're building, whether it's a real or a pretend world, your audience is going to have you know a notion of what that is, and so. It just, it, it's one of the small things that plays into that world building. Um, but mm -hmm. I mean, also, I mean, we do narrative storytelling, but a lot of stuff we do mm -hmm. is documentary, which um, still, you still have to play by those same rules, but it's, I want to say it's even more challenging. It's just a different set of challenges rather um, in, mm -hmm. in being able to, ca you know, how you tell that. That's, that's kind of a, a whole nother thing, but uh, it all plays into it. Mm -hmm. But I, th I think that I, I'm happy you bring that up because I, I wanted to go in that way is like the work that you do is taking kind of real life events. You're doing documentary work mm -hmm. and then you're presenting this in, in a unique and engaging way that um, kind of brings the audience into those experiences. And so out of you know, what motivated you to say like, okay, when we do Catholic media and I want to do spirit juice, like led by the spirit. Why did you go towards documentary styles of telling real life stories instead of like formative things or, or things like that? Like, yeah, what kind of led you there? So let me just lay some groundwork. <laughs> I came into this because I feel like that's important. I, you know, uh, you guys have been so complimentary and, you know, the Emmys and yes, we're very proud of that. But I came into this knowing nothing, man. I'm, so day one of Spirit Juice, I had a camera from Best Buy that was like a couple hundred dollars. I didn't know how to even open it. I didn't own Final Cut. I had iMovie that I was okay at. And no, I mean, I had no, uh, you know, experience um, schooling-wise for filmmaking, graphic design, anything. So 
I don't want to say I fell into it because it was an intention. Like, okay, I wanted, I thought I, you know, I was 22. I was like, okay, I feel God's calling me to this. I could do, I was able to do a little bit and I knew God was going to help me, you know, learn the rest, but I didn't, um, it wasn't like I had all this knowledge and it was like, okay, I'm going to choose to do this. I was trying my best with what I had documentaries. Things were often were the things that people mm-hmm. were hiring us for. So I was trying to learn that as best I could. And then when we were able to do narrative stuff, I tried to learn that as best I could. Um, you know, but going to your specific thing for, for documentaries, you know, that it's such an important thing, you know, depending on what you're doing, it, it's getting it right. Like where you, you know, there's, um, every documentary sort of has a, a, a narrative to it or, or a certain story yeah. to it, a certain angle. And so, um, I would say the best documentary presents the information to you, um, but also guide you to, to a, a place where, you know, it's not just a bunch of facts, it's not just a, a Wikipedia page mm-hmm. on someone. It's a story on someone, but you have to, it's the balance of like their story, but their reality and not the, not really the filmmaker's perception of it and trying to present, you know, what it actually is. And to do that and balance a story is a tricky line to, to, to do. And so it, it does, that takes some crafting, but um, uh, I find it rewarding seeing real life people, you know, um, in, in a different light and especially ones that are doing extraordinary things. So. Well, I think uh, Rob, that's just perfect. The difference between story and life and then Wikipedia kind of propositions. Cause as, as we're yeah. thinking about this and storytelling that, you know, I mean, God doesn't do stuff randomly. I'm committed to that. Um, and we have four gospels, right? But I mean, gospels aren't propositional accounts as much as Dominican philosophers or us. We might think like, oh, cool. Let's just, you know, get some propositions out of this um, and some facts, you know, what's true. But there's stories, you know, so the, the fundamental scriptural revelation of God, one in the Old Testament is a story, basically. I mean, stories, a bunch of stories put together, this sort of thing. But then when, when Christ incarnates, of course, he is the word and he's the, the storyteller. But our account, he didn't stick around. Like, I don't know. He's, I mean, he's here in the sacraments, of course, but he didn't stick around to keep telling stories. He left stories, the Gospels. And these are not just a bunch of, it would be weird if like Thomas Jefferson did this and tore it up and like to collect a bunch of facts that'd be interesting to you. But it's like, no, we, they are stories and you don't reduce them to certain points, but you want to live through them. And the church, Catholic Church, I think, does this through the liturgical season. Like you live, you're not just hearing the stories, but you're embodying them, kind of going along with them. And I like the documentary idea of seeing us as, as Christ followers in a way, that you're trying to tell the story of how they're kind of following along, literally following along in their lives with with not just the truths of the faith, but how those look like in action with gospel conformity. Yeah, you know, there's, um, we've had some some really powerful stories that we've been able to tell. Um, and the stories themselves, if you were to just tell some of the facts, the story, you'd get chill. Like I'm getting, I'm thinking about one in particular. It was a, a young man, Kendrick Castile. Uh, he was uh, in Colorado, basically it was a school shooting. And he sacrificed his life for his friends. He like essentially jumped on the shooter, and he was he was a Catholic. He was a strong in his faith. He was a knight of Columbus, uh, or he was trying to be that. And so that story, um, you just tell some of the facts. Like right now, you're probably like, "Wow, that's like pretty fact impactful." But when you're able to to tell that story in in a, in a storytelling manner, you're able to dive just so deep into into like the viewer's heart and just really understand the motivation and the different aspects of the story or or another one where a woman's uh, husband was uh was murdered and she forgave the guy that you know they caught him and she forgave that and just hearing like 
how she did it, why she did it on the jury setting. You're able to just take all those pieces together that like otherwise live independently, collect it into mm -hmm. one thing and just line it up in that perfect order. It's kind of like, so my son's really into Legos right now. It's, I would almost mm -hmm. say, and I don't think it's the best analogy, but you have a bucket full of Legos. They're there. It's the Legos. But if you construct it in a very unique, specific way, it becomes something beautiful that they're still Legos, but it's it's in a way that just drives it. You're like, wow, that's, and I think that's the power of documentary storytelling. It all exists, but you, you construct it in a way that uh, can really touch a viewer. Yeah, that's well, awesome. just... Well, before we take a break, I want just to talk about that for just one second comment from the philosophical <laughs> angle is I think you're, you're so what, you, what you're I think you're clarifying is like, I mean, the the form of a living thing, like you can describe in a book, uh, a plant or an animal or something and, you know, it's parts uh, statically. But when you're trying to catch a documentary is it's movement, it's living for you're trying to catch the form of it, we'd say in kind of mm -hmm. philosophical terms that the thing that makes it that animates it that makes it alive such that then you can see it in action and experience it as a, as a living event um, as opposed to just proposition. So I think that's, that's, that's brilliant. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then pick it up and we'll talk a little more about uh, storytelling our society and some of the work that you got going on. So sit tight and we'll be back in a few. You are listening to God's Planning. Visit us at godsplaining.org to listen to our episodes, shop our store, and donate to our podcast. All gifts go to improving the podcast and bringing the gospel to more listeners. Thanks for your support. All right, welcome back. Thank you for uh, staying with us on this episode of Guestplaining. I'm Father Joseph Anthony Cress with Father Bonaventure Chapman. We're joined by Rob Kazmark from Spirit Juice Studios, and we're talking about this art of storytelling in the work of Rob and his team at Spirit Juice and how they um, are doing documentary work and showing how the faith is lived out in different, um, you know, followers of our Lord in, in, in the life of Catholics throughout the world and using this beautiful art form. Um, one of the things I want to ask you, Rob, is like, basically, why, why are good storytellers necessary right now in our society? I mean, we see so many things. Um, there, we're in a very heavily information-based um, society. Everything has to be where there's numbers and there's facts, and you know, we can get anything in a moment, in an instant. But yet, we still see that people want stories. You know, from the documentary work that's very popular on YouTube, or for crying out loud, that top bar of every Instagram page is called Instagram Stories. Like it's called Stories for a reason. But like. Why do you think there's a need for good storytellers right now in our society? And people crave stories. People want to uh, people want to be entertained, but it's not just entertainment for entertainment. People want a good to hear a good story. I mean, it's why it's why films like Star Wars, I mean, has stand the test of time. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking the you know four, five, and six. Oh, oh, you don't movie. like one, two, and three? We 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 knew I, that. Actually, we can go, I mean, you got to go down to Star Wars for a minute. I don't mind. One, two, and three are fine. I'll give you this for like anyone cares about Rob's things on Star Wars. One, two, three are fine because they were made together. They, it's a story that's like seven, eight, and nine were just like, how about this? Then that. And then this. It, it, there was like no connection. And so actually, maybe this does illustrate the point. The story of four, five, yeah. and six connect. But the point being of why we're talking about this now is that like people want good stories. They crave yeah. it. And, and not only do they crave it, but they want, they're attracted to something that 
that brings them in. And so there's a quote that I'm going to butcher and I really wish I would have um, looked it up, but something about who, who tells the stories like shapes the world. Someone important mm -hmm. said it and I, they said it a lot better than that, but um, I think Rob Kasmark said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it was like, uh, oh gosh, it was, it was a famous person that said it. Um, and so Rob, well, just remember, anytime, anytime someone says uh, X person said this, it's almost always not actually what the person said. So yeah, you probably. would not be, you know, like Edmund Burke, for evil to triumph, it just means good men to do nothing. Never said it. Said a bunch of things kind of <laughs> like it. Never said that. Oh, that's true for almost every sentence. So you're, you're in good shape about this, who he tells the story controls the world. That's good enough. Yeah, yeah good. And, well, and I think with good... Um... With good intentions, right? I mean, like, I feel that if you are, uh, um, if you're talented to be, if God's blessed you with storytelling abilities, with, with you know, uh, creative things, I feel like it's your duty to, for, for, to better mankind, you know, and in my, in, for my personal life, you know, it's, it's to express the, the, the church uh, in, in this field and, and show it, you know, and it's, it's true. Light. It's like, um, you know, talking about the faith, you, you could say how great the, the faith is, how, how good God is, but it, it's only, until you feel God in your own life, move in your own life, it's, it's a totally different thing. But stories mm -hmm. can help fill that gap. Story, a story is a way that you can sort of, you can show how God can move in someone's life. And, and it could go from, you know, from nowhere to somewhere really fast. And so I think that's the power of it. And that's why I feel so compelled to, to do what I do. Now, Rob, so... We can dig in a little bit on stories. Um, everyone knows. Everyone kind of knows, of course, what a story is. You know, uh, it's a thing that has a beginning, middle, and end. But that a worm has that too. Um, and then so there, are, there are traditional ways of, of talking are, about. I so Aristotle, funny. Well, you know, um, and I mean, you know, Aristotle has particular ways of talking about poetics about the, and rhetoric about what kind of consists of a story. But for you, what? What are you looking for in a story? Like, what are, is the, are you looking for when you're coming up with a story, trying to figure out how am I going to tell the story of this man, this woman, this experience? Um, are there things you go to? Is each one so individual that you're going to wait for the hook? Or do you have a sense of like, actually, there's a universal quality to stories. They always have X, whatever that might be. What's your, what is it about? Where, where is the story for you? So there's a couple of things. One, um, and this is a little bit more just broad broad picture. I love contrast in story, compliment and contrast. Mm -hmm. So um, we'll just take it visually. So uh, a, a DP, a director of photography or a cinematographer uh, will often look at an image and say, where's the black in the image, right? So mm -hmm. where's the black meaning like, there's obviously usually a lot of light in most stuff, but where's the dark image gonna be? Because if you don't have dark, you're not gonna have contrast. And so that is a framework for just visually what you're seeing things. I think just the story needs to have contrast. It needs to have you know, like a good, a good villain has contrast. They're not just bad. I mean, I think it's a reason why we'll, we'll talk about, you know, another bit, Marvel, right? The Thanos, yeah. like Thanos, was, you know, yes. he had good in him, right? Like, you know, right. he, he did right. like Darth Vader had like there, you know, so good, like good storytelling has contrast and contrast that feels real. So I, for me, contrast has to be a backbone in any storytelling. Um, but then there's there's things that I like, and you can call them, I don't know if you can call them tropes, but there's different things that I, I gravitate to. Mm -hmm. And it's the moment in a film where all hope seems lost. And mm -hmm. then and then the protagonist is able to like, just like, like I love it in um, one of my favorite ones that I just think about a lot is in The Matrix, you know, when, when mm -hmm. the bolts are flying at Neo, 
kind of spoiler, but 1999, if you haven't seen it in 20 years. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're good. That's your fault. That's on, that's on you, not on Rob, okay? On this is a spoiler <laughs> alert. That's on you. But he finally realizes that you think it's everything's an end. The bolts are coming at him just like, you know, in, in bold time. And he's just like, no. And they just fall to the ground. And like, it's like that, that when you overcome that and when the hero can do that, I feel like that for me, that gives me chills. It gives me like, I love seeing stories like that. And I love to be able to tell a story that gives the viewer that same experience. No. And that's, I mean, for the, the, the Christian story, right? This is, um, this is the resurrection, the death and resurrection, right? That ultimate kind of hope, exactly. despair to hope kind of thing. And I always get, I, I imagine, you know, the, for me, it's always the story of when Peter looks in, you know, when Peter stops, John beats him and then Peter gets there and Peter walks in the first time he's going in there and he sees it and Jesus isn't there. And I have this like visual sense, if I were going to do like a story movie, like everything would change at that point. Nothing mattered before. Everything changed entirely because this was, you know, the whole world is different. Everything is different. Yeah. Um, but that, but you're right about that total, it has to be that it's a contrast against something that, that, and that's fundamental to the Christian story and fundamental to your, that your storytelling is, is Christian in shape. And I like that, that formal aspect of it. But that, I mean, that's, that's every encounter with Jesus in the gospels with each individual person, right? You can see that with the woman at the well, you can see that with the woman in the hemorrhages or, um, you know, the, the centurion and things like that. Like each individual has that moment with the Lord. And the reality is that continues even to our present day. And like what Rob, what you're doing is telling those individual mm. stories as if it's a continuation of the gospels, because these people are still meeting Christ and then they have that moment and then that's a conversion or that's a, the active choice to do something Christian, like forgive, you know, the, the murderer of your spouse or things like that. Like, so it's so funny because it's like, you see it, it's interwoven all the way into the gospels, but in one sense, it's continually and perpetuated by the telling of our own story and our own relationship with the Lord. Um, so, yeah. I think another question I want to ask you, Rob, is we're emphasizing stories, but, you know, to somebody who wants to tell their story or tell somebody else's, like, what, what would be kind of two, your top two tips for becoming a better storyteller, no matter your medium, you know, whether it's uh, through uh, photography or if it's through doing videos or writing or things like that, like when you're approaching, like, how do we become better storytellers? Because as this episode has gone along, it seems very important to our life as human beings and extremely important to our life as, as Christians. So how do we become better storytellers? I got, I got two tips. <laughs> First is do a lot of work. You have to do a lot of it. I remember when I was first started and kind of our first like short film came about and I was like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I want my first short film to be this. <laughs> and I was like, so the second tip is lose your ego. Okay. So don't worry <laughs> about like, do a lot of work and lose your ego because that's the only way you're going to learn to be a good storyteller. I'm telling you flat out, like I was not a good storyteller when, when spirit juice first started, just wasn't. And even before that, and like, it, it takes time and it takes, you know, and this is, this is really, this is advice to, if you want to do anything well, I mean, if you want to, if you want to um, play the drums well, if you want to, you know, paint well, anything at all, you got to do it a lot, and you have to, you have to enjoy doing it bad uh, to be able to do it good. Because everyone right now, like, I would love to be able to to play the guitar and just shred. I can't play the guitar to save my life, 
but I don't really want to play the guitar. Like I want to do it, but I don't really, if I really wanted it, I would put the time in, I'd practice every day. So same goes for storytelling. You may want to tell a good story, but if you, you got to ask yourself, do you really want to do it? And are you going to, you're going to do it bad and learn from that and, you know, do a bad story. Okay. Put it out. What did I learn? Okay. I'm going to do this part better. Okay. Do it again. I'm going to do this part better. And eventually you're going to find all the gaps that you, that you have and your stories are going to be pretty darn good. You know, it's, it's very rare. People like to point out at like some of the top filmmakers, you know, uh, I would say Quentin Tarantino is probably the one, um, not talking about really the content of what he produces, but at a young age, he was just like really mm -hmm. talented. So there's a few one-off yeah. crazy raw talents and people like to take point at those people and say, Oh, I'm not them. So I'm not going to do it good. No, most of the filmmakers were terrible mm -hmm. too. When they first started, it just takes time. Yeah, it's anything worth doing is worth doing poorly, as G.K. Chesterton may or may not have said. Um, and oh, uh, and it just takes, yeah, who knows? Um, uh, Father Gregory Pine would know. Um, and it just takes time. You have to, and you have to feel free to fail at almost anything. This is true in general point. Um, now, what I I want to ask another question, and this is I don't know if this is the right question, but um, but you are an expert in this field, so I need to ask about this. Is so Christianity is about storytelling. It's crucial. The Christian story has this thing. It's continuing. We meet these kind of experiences, especially with the saints. Why are most saint movies so awfully bad? Yes. Like, why are Catholic movies just almost impossible to watch until you remake most of them as spirituals? Like, can you have you pondered the fact that you have, at one hand, like the best story and therefore the best imitative story that you can kind of work out that this should be, and yet almost every saint movie, God love these saint movies, I really do. Not attractive film. I'd rather watch Captain America a second time, maybe a fourth time. You know what? What is it about? What's going on, Rob? I have a theory. Um, okay. I have a theory. So you look at the best Catholic art hundreds of years ago, or the, there's the best art hundreds of years ago. It was Catholic mm -hmm. art, right? And, you know, we see a lot of that uh, in the Vatican, different spots. What did it take to make that happen? It was talent and, and very inexpensive tools, a paintbrush, some paints, you know, a big thing of marble, a chisel, mm -hmm. but not, it wasn't that complex. You look at the modern age in creating, let's look at just film, right? What does it take to make a film? We talked about that earlier. It takes mm -hmm. a lot. It takes mm -hmm. a lot of pieces, a lot of time. And I think people would be shocked if they saw a budget of like, if they saw their, their, their favorite film and they saw the budget breakdown and they go, they spent that much on that? You got to be kidding me. Well, they did. You know, I'm I, like, that's it's just yeah. how it is. And so yep. um, it's how it works. And so as that became a reality, I think Catholics leaned and became very generous of like, well, that's all about the message. It's the message that's mm. the most important. It's we're telling the saint's life. It's still pretty good, yeah. and they lost that like um, that being the quality was. If you don't, yes, the message is the most important. But I think a close, a real close second <laughs> is is the, the vehicle that goes in. So we've lost it as a priority, and really we lost it so much where it's not even like it's not it, like it doesn't. Most people don't care, or late for a long time. It's it's starting to come back. And, and also I would say what's helping that is just where technology is. So, you know, for a long time, if you wanted to shoot something that looks like a film, you'd have to shoot on film and it would cost mm -hmm. a lot of money per day and a lot of people. But now since like that gap's closing and you can get pretty close to that with a lot less money, um, you're seeing more and more fruits of that. And we're, we're, a pro we're a fruit of that. I mean, like, you know, we are, we are because technology, like if we were just shooting still on film, I don't think we'd be putting out the content we are. I mean, like, mm -hmm. you know, we're able to, um, 
sort of invest in, in high quality equipment and then leverage that. I mean, leverage that in the sense that like, okay, we're so one of the top line cameras is an Alexa mini. It's very expensive. It's very expensive to buy, to rent. We have it. And we're able to shoot projects on that, that a client wouldn't be normally like, they would not say, Oh, I want to shoot that in Alexa mini, but we feel like, no, we want to tell the story in this high quality. And so that really is how we're able to do what we do is by owning such great stuff, investing into that and investing in the people to like sort of craft that. And so mm -hmm. to answer your question though, it's, it's, it hasn't, it's lost priority. It lost priority for a lot of people. Yeah, no, I can see that. That's and Bishop Barron has made this to kind of a Balthazarian theme of getting beauty back into it and putting that that that's part of the message and that can be the vehicle of the message. We could talk a lot about that, but I think you're you're right. And that actually, darn, that gives me hope of uh, that that yeah, there'll be, be better Catholic in a hundred years. Saints movies will be things that people want to see. That's great. Um, I know Rob, we've we're running out of time, but I know. You want to talk about um, a particular content program that's coming up and uh, that I think peop our listeners will be excited about no matter what their age, um, even our especially our youngest, youngest listeners. So uh, <laughs> before Father Joseph Anthony you know, has final questions, yeah. what are you, what's coming up? What can people be really excited about with Spirit Juice? So we're really excited. We launched a Kickstarter for Juicebox, which is a Catholic kid show. Um, I have a, a three-year-old and a five-year-old. And since he's the, my five was born, I was always like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show some good Catholic content out there and for kids. And there really wasn't. Um, Surprise, so, there's nothing good out there. <laughs> yeah, and like the most I found was like a DVD at my local Catholic bookstore, but like there just wasn't. And as a parent, you need stuff like on demand. Like I gotta like, they're freaking out. I gotta put something on. And there's plenty of good kids content, but I feel like there's not really any good Catholic kids content to teach the faith. Cause then it's also like, I want to teach him about mass. Like he's got questions. I want to get more yeah. involved in, in praying. And it's like, I'm, I like, I've done youth ministry for a long time. So I, you know, a high schooler, sure. I could talk about my faith, a two-year-old, a five-year-old, uh, you know? And so there was a, there was a need as a parent. I wanted this. I thought someone was going to make it. No one did. And I was like, God's like, you got to make it. So it. we have Steve Arasano. He's an amazing uh, Catholic singer songwriter. We have Melinda Simon, these two great hosts. It's kind of like a mix between blues clues and, and Mr. Rogers. Yeah, yeah. And we're teaching the faith to, to young kids, like, you know, preschool, kindergarten. So we need all the help we can get because we're doing it right. And it's expensive. Like we're asking for, mm -hmm. we're asking for $180,000. So, um, but we're doing it to the level that it's going to look like the same stuff that you're you know, watch on, you know, whatever your stream platform. And, and the thing is we're doing it. It's going to go out on free for on YouTube for free. So any parent anywhere can access it. No paywall, mm -hmm. no wow. nothing. Wow. Because as a parent, like you need something right away. Like it's, oh, it's a login yeah. for that. And then, no, no, it's just YouTube free. That's it. Nothing. So um, any support that anyone could give, I'm, I'm so oh. appreciative of. That's awesome. Well, thank you for doing that. Cause you know, that any kind of help for our Catholic parents and handing on the faith is, is always going to be great. So um, we will put the link to that Kickstarter campaign in the description on YouTube and on all of our uh, episodes, wherever you are listening. So Check out the link in the description. Uh, help support Spirit Juice and Rob in making this content um, for you know the youngest Catholics out there uh, who who need the greatest help. But Rob, thank you so much for joining us. It was it was great to have you. Um, maybe next time we'll talk about your uh, your favorite Marvel movies, or I don't know. We'll we'll go in that direction next time. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Oh, man, I could talk for days. No, but well, seriously, thank you guys.
Yeah, yeah. No, we're doing Father Gregory Pine are doing a, a Marvel movie episode at some point, but I feel like that has to be actually a, a guest playing episode now with you on since you're you've got lots of things to say about it too. But no, it was Rob is an absolute absolute delight. Congratulations on the work Spirit Juice is doing, and anyone who can support, please do. And that's linked to the the Catholic Kids Show, the Juice Box. Um, if you don't have a million dollars, you might know someone who does, and you should give them that <laughs> link so they can help out. Thank well, you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, thank you for your constant support for us. Um, until the next episode, thank you very much. God bless, and we'll see you. Thanks for listening to God's Planning, a work of the Dominican Friars of the province of St. Joseph. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave a review on your podcast app and visit us at godsplaining.org.